0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Landlord Association Podcast. I'm your host, George Gow. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 27. Today, we have Christine Lin from Fidelity National Title who sheds some light on what title companies do during real estate transactions in Texas and also what to look for in Schedule A through D on the Title Commitment documents. And most importantly, what are some of the state regulated fees versus other negotiable fees? She also offers some tips on how to save money on title insurance costs on future transactions, as well as some examples of difficult title insurance that she came across during her many years of experience. We didn't get a chance to cover the COVID-related updates on this call, but Christina and her team at Fidelity has dramatically improved the closing process for buyers and sellers to work remotely during the transaction. To find out more about remote notary options, as well as other title-related questions, please contact Christine at 713-779-7779, or email her at closing at fidelity88.com. That's fidelity at number 88.com. Lastly, this was recorded with Jimmy Lamb, who's also the broker at Acres Realty, where they're creating an education series for new realtors. And we're very glad to be sharing this content on the podcast to reach and educate our landlord associate members as well so without any further ado please enjoy our conversation with christine
1: well welcome to acres realty uh show and uh today we have a really really special guest Um, we have christine lynn you know which uh works at fidelity national title and she uh, is also an entrepreneur herself, so we're so glad to have Christine here, she knows a lot about the industry, and um, and let's go ahead and get started, Christine, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and all the things that you're involved with?
2: Sure, hello everybody, well welcome to this kind of distant yet, you know, friendly connection, you know, we call it new normal. My name is Christine Ling, and I am the office manager, also the escrow officer at the Fidelity National Title. And there are so many Fidelity National Title, so let me be specific, so my boss will be very happy. We are located in Chinatown, the heart of the Bel-Air, and we are located in the only high rise, which is American First National Bank, up on the ninth floor. And then we we call the Fidelity Chinatown branch, and uh, yeah, and then um, I'm I'm here, and I am responsible for day-to-day operation. And then if there's anything title-related, you know, Jimmy, are you going to help me to market my phone number and my address?
1: I will. Yes, I will.
2: So everybody can connect with me. Okay.
1: Everybody can connect with you, and and, and I'll and I'll ask you to say it um, uh, uh, one more time verbally uh, too uh, towards the end too, so so that people have it at the end too. Okay.
2: Sounds good. Thank
1: you. <laughs> okay, no problem. Okay, well, well, let's uh, let us uh, let us get started on um, kind of the, the first uh, question uh, for Christine. George, you want to start first?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. Just um, can you just give us um, I mean, some of I, a lot of our listeners are real estate agents. Uh, some of our realtors are real estate investors, and then there's you know, and, uh, and some are just uh, pretty new to. You know, real estate transactions. Can you just give us a, a background of where does title company play in, in, the, in the real estate transaction, just in, like, at least in residential um, transactions? And uh, what do you guys do?
2: Okay. You know, that's a great question. Thank you, George. Well, welcome to my industry. Okay. Let's make it really short first. Basically, title industry in the state of Texas, we are regulated by the Texas Department of Insurance. What does that mean is, as a title agency, we need to call ourselves a third party in the intermediary by all um, parties to the contract, by the seller, by the buyer, agent, or the lenders. And then we cannot represent any one party because we should be the third party intermediary. But by saying that, think about my cons and my situation. If there's a contract coming over here, if buyer's agent doesn't locate this uh, listing agent, or if the seller cannot find the buyer's agent, they always want to call title company. So we need to be very careful in all rule are playing because we have to be staying out to use a clear eyes to make sure everything is all fulfilled alive before, uh, before the date of closing. So that's
1: what Title Company here in the state of Texas. Well, awesome! Yeah, that's that, that's very true, and um, and sometimes you know some some people forget that, but uh, absolutely, Christine. And um, uh, and by the way, uh, you know, uh, you guys closed uh, one of my deals last week too. So you know, thank you. We closed
2: that. you so many deals. Don't be I mean, shy, Jimmy. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so thank you for making that. Uh, Maybe next one,
2: right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, so, so next question. You know, so I, I think uh, a lot of investors are um, trying to find good deals to buy, and a lot of people buy from wholesalers or sellers with uh, different issues. And one of the issues that, uh, and the reason why they they do it with uh, they they, they want to buy things with issues is that it, you know it's uh, it's below market price, right? Um, and that's what uh, investors trying to trying to do uh, buy things that are below market price. Um, and one of the, you know, I think most common things that people are very scared of is why property with the title issue. Um, so, Christine, can you kind of walk us through on what are the typical title issues that you see and how to solve it and the time it takes to solve it and which one um, you know, an investor should stay away from because it's probably going to be too hard to solve and what ones they shouldn't take on, which you think is fairly easy given the time
2: okay you know that's another great question and i'm sorry guys i know right now we are dealing with so many issues but still it's my job to tell you what are the issues title related okay
1: yeah
2: and then so let's take baby step okay let's from we call just like a tornado level let's do a you know light tornado one to a really really crazy one so of course you know how um once we receive the contract the next step is we need to do the title search. The most common one will be payoff, right? Cuz you can see payoff can be as easy as well the seller already have the mortgage so the seller is expecting it will be shown on the title report because they are good they are legit you know they are honest but it could be as why is my loan still showing? I already paid off 500 years ago. I mean, when I say 500 years, that was just, you know, how human truths they would just talk like this to me, right? (laughs) Or it could be as, for example, Jimmy, you are the seller, and George, you are the buyer, and the title report ran out, and it is showing the previous seller when you were the buyer. Why? Why is this link still here? I already buy, and I already own for twenty plus years. Why is the previous ownerships link still here? So those are what we call the payoff issue. So it could be as simple as this is a current payoff, or it could be as a little bit crazy as this is the payoff which issue has been taken care of with the same owner. But it could be really crazy. It could be under the previous owner's name, and then the payoff has been there a thousand years ago and still showing You know, under the report, right? So see, very simple, a payoff, but they have different tornado level. So far, so good. You guys with me, right?
0: Yeah.
2: So the simple one could be if you are the honest one, you know, and then we will just report to you, hey, this is, you know, when we run the title report, we notice, you know, um, you do have a mortgage. And then then the seller can be as honest as, oh, yes, Christine, you know, I know I have a mortgage. You know, so that's an easy soft case We just need to order the payoff, and the old attorney can prepare the release of lien. But let's go to the advanced payoff, that could be, you already pay off, but it could be the lender forgot to prepare you a release of lien, or it could be the lender mail you the release of lien, but on the cover letter, want you to say, listen, this is not the um, final one. You need to record it yourself, Mm. right? Yeah. So innocent because you work so hard. You already pay off what fifteen years mortgage, thirty years mortgage, and then once you're ready to sell, you see what is that still haunting me? I, I already pay off? Oh, just because I forgot to read the cover letter, just because the lender actually email. I mean, at now, no, they don't email. Okay, they mail you the original release of link. and expecting you to go to the Texas Recording Department record it, mm-hmm. So let's. Level number two. And then, so, you know, there were just so many details, you know. I mean, I know it could be as simple as a one issue, but it's really depending on how deep or how different direction, you know, when we encounter this issue and what should we do to help the customer to um, resolve the issue. And then, so, of course, resolving can be we can reach out to the previous title company, right? But think about it. Due to current situation, why is the previous title company shut down, closed? Do we, I mean, have? Do you think that is also the problem? That is so. So you know, welcome to my issues. Yeah, that's what happened
1: to me. The the previous title company shut down. Yeah. It's right. Yeah.
2: You know, Sometimes, you know, you just have to really uh, know when you see things, you know, OK, that's OK. If the title company shut down, no chance to reach out to the title company. Let's try to see if the previous lender still on the market. Because normally, if you know, the mortgage company before they go bankrupt, they run disappear. You know, they will sell all the loan to a different mortgage company. So there was just so many um process to be involved just to simply... Am I just addressing number one payoff? And I already spent what, five five minutes or more to let you guys know about the different kind of payoff issue, right? So, and and then so that is the most common. You know, it could be as simple as payoff, but it depends on how deep that issue could be. So now we have those um, ideas. It could be as simple as um, it was just a current seller. Or it could be the seller actually already paid but forgot to record the release of lien, Or it could be actually not even the current seller's business. It could be from the previous ownership. So this is the payoff. And then um, the, second, the second common one that will be, why don't you guys guess? What's the second common one on the top of your head?
0: uh george
1: we got a guess
0: i would guess maybe it's, uh maybe is it inheritance issues or is that not very no. common
2: well that's very good you know that is also like the trust you know mm-hmm. and then yes the second one will be why if one of the spouse pass away and then live with no well, because you know how, on the current st- um, circumstances, you know people drive a little bit faster. The weather is getting a little bit crazier, and more more people are just, you know. And then so, it is not unusual. Some sometimes things just happen super super sudden and unexpectedly, right? And then so the second uh, most common one will be the owner, and then maybe one of the spouse pass away of oh, both of the vesting, the owner, all pass away at the same time because of the same incident. Mm-hmm. And then, so, in that case, you know, we will need to have our fee attorney to draft a airship affidavit. Which you know how this is like a legal document must require um, the attorney to prepare, and they have so many questions in detail, and then um, in order for us to process, and then to um to find um the right person, and then to sign the paper. So that is that is that is all number two most common one. Okay. And then let's go to number three. Come on. What, 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 what if you
1: can't find everybody, Christine? What, what if you can't what if you can't find everybody to sign the papers? And yeah, they're in different
2: you know, states
0: or they're
2: in you know Jimmy is to say that I just saw Jimmy because he has those details. <laughs> you know, yes, you know, sometimes, you know, it is I mean, when you say you cannot find anybody is not I mean, I'm pretty sure on the top of your head you were thinking people related. Uh-huh.
1: You know? Yeah.
2: And, you know, sometimes I mean Sometimes, you know, on the airship availability as a category, you have to really find someone knowing the person who passed away for more than 10 years and has no relationship with them. Mm-hmm. They can be a friend or like a church partner or something. So it is all covered on the airship affidavit questionnaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But of course, you know, when we deal with this kind of um, title issue, we need to be very, very sensitive. Because, you know, I mean, it's just difficult, especially for the kids, you know, need to fill out some sensitive questions. And also, um, we also need to also contact with their friend, which which needs to be friend for more than 10 plus years to fill it out. So it's just, yeah, when we're dealing with this title issue, we need to be very sensitive on that.
1: Got it. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah.
2: And then the third one is kind of... um a lot of people will take it really personal. The third title issue will be we call the judgment against someone oh. with some or similar names, mm-hmm. like we so due respect. You know, my last is lame, Lin L I N, and your last is Lim L I M. This is super common in Asian community, and then Jimmy. Christine, super common name, George. I'm sure this is all super common Like um, Most of my um, friends, you know, um, who can speak bilingual, like English, Vietnamese, you know, I mean, I know a lot of Danny Wayne, and then like, you know, let's say Martin Hernandez in Hispanic, you know, those are super, super common names. So when, when we run the title search report, it is not unusual some of those names will be picked because maybe some people just happen to have a similar or the same name, but they were being wanted by fbi possibly Uh, because you know they might because they are doing something so they they have a you know tax lien or judgment link so when we um when we complete the title search, and then normally we were trying to be very polite and explain really deep, you know, we know this is not, not, not you, you know, but we need your help to provide us such a state of birth, your driver's license number, or your social security card to making sure, you know, you are really not the person who is not allowed to practice real estate transaction in the state of, you know, in the United States. But some people, normally human truths, they will just react like, you guys are ridiculous, you know, this is not me. I was like, by telling this is not me, it's not working because we no <laughs> business. You really need to write down your data birth, your social security number, and your Texas driver's license in order for us to present to the underwriting department as approved that is not you, in other words, to proceed with the uh, transaction. And this could happen on both buyer, also the seller side, right? Because the name, right? So this is another thing, you know, sometimes we have to be very sensitive because some people will be very sensitive when they want to fill out those information.
0: Got it. And sometimes the links and the judgments are are, uh, correct. So sometimes they have mechanical links or... You know, there are liens that sometimes you, people don't pay their contractors or people don't pay for, you know, whether it's financials or other services, and people put a lien on the property. Um, I mean, I imagine those are issues they come across too as well sometimes, right? I mean, they're legitimate claims. Come
2: kind on. Of yeah. we yeah. are a title company, it will really show on the title report as soon as yeah. it recorded, it will show. Yeah. So sometimes we call we call are also a very nice memory reminder. It could be good memory or it could be bad memory. But again, who we are, we are the title company, remember? We are regulated by the State Department of Insurance. We don't try to, I mean, we don't try to know you too much, but if that's recorded, it's my job to remind you, you know, it's your responsibility to clean, 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 clean and before the date of closing. Otherwise, I mean think about it. If buyer um works so hard, you know, they try to prepare to buy a house, do you think buyer wanna buy anything has a link on it? Mm -mm. Maybe not, right? Um, Seller, think about it too. A lot of time I educate seller as well. You know you want to make sure the reason why you're trying to sell is because you want to make sure you can get some kind of proceed. And then later, you will not have like thousand calls to call you, to bug you or something you're trying to do or trying to hide on the table, right? So why not to just get everything all clean? And then so once you get your proceed, and then you will just having a sweet drink, there will be no other people to bother you no more. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So, yeah, very important.
2: Still... Because we are all educated, we are all so calm, and then we all, you know. But you need to. Sometimes I also understand, you know. They might give me a very unusual reaction, or they might just, you know, being a little bit crazy. Because we trying to dis, uh, we call we try we must disclose the fact. Let's call the title report, and I understand sometimes they got excited, and then but it's just. Welcome to my title business,
0: you know. <laughs>
2: We have to do all best to make them understand Is we really care and we really want to make sure the closing can work and then the closing can be happen as schedule. But this is the item one, two, three, Or oh, it could be item 1 to 100. But, hey, you know, if we can all work together as a team, I have confidence we can still meet the deadline. You know, we can still close that schedule. We have to have those positive values.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And she,
1: so, go ahead, George.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so in Texas, there's I know there's a lot of title companies. Um, as a as a buyer's agent or a seller's agent, who who typically picks the title company, and uh, do they have to? You know, is it mandatory that the seller's agent or the buyer's agent picks, and you know, and who pays for it?
2: I see you know that's a great question all right because you know how there are so many different kind of situation by a simple question like that okay so I'm going to just using the most common one okay so normally like when I say normally it's like more than 50% seller need to pay for the most expensive closing expense we call the owner title policy by issuing buyer the free and clear title. So normally, seller has the right to pick the title company because they're gonna pay for the most expensive item of the closing cost, right? But it all depends because everything can be negotiated. So I'm sure you guys are experienced realtors, you know page one to nine or commercial page one to 14, You you know, everything is all negotiable. You know, more than fifty percent, actually more than seventy percent seller pay for the owner title policy. But what does that mean? You can also negotiate and buyer will pay for all the closing costs, possibly maybe selling by a fantastic rate. Right? So it really depends. And also, you know, since um, we have a lot of international buyers and then and then English could possibly be their second language. So sometimes the buyer's agent can propose to the seller or the listing agent, "Hey, listen, you know, if you guys don't have the preferred title company, do you mind to use Christine's fidelity? Because in our team, we are bilingual. We have someone can speak Spanish really well. We have someone can speak Chinese and Cantonese. You know, so it will really help to smooth the transaction. Because I'm sure the realtor's goal is." I just going to just give my client sign a contract and then don't call me until the day my commission check is ready, right? That's important for a realtor, right? So right. you can find a tile company who can pretty much handle everything and then why not? Including translation. You know, so so um get back to you, you know. So who normally pick, I would say seller normally pick, or maybe seller just doesn't have any knowledge or maybe listing agent because they are representing seller, right? So normally they are the one who pick or whatever who pay for the owner title policy, they can pick, why? Right? Because that's the most expensive um, expense for the closing costs. Or if you have a special request, you know, and then you try to negotiate with the party and they don't care. So you, you can end up picking the title company. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so next next question I have is um, for a commercial uh, title policy. What, what are the uh, the areas that um, um, if you were buying, what were the areas that you should be paying special attention to uh, for a commercial title policy?
2: Okay. You know. All right. I think, you know, what you mean is, you know, whatever you have a contract, since this is a commercial deal, normally commercial deal is not just like a couple thousand, right? We all know that. So, you know, because when you mentioned about the title policy, that means the deal is already done. You already got your policy. And I believe Jimmy is meaning, you know, when the title company receive the contract and then we receive the earnest money and we start doing the title search. And then the second email is the most crucial one because it could be a cultural shock one could be with all the links on schedule C, or it could be as wonderful as it was just zero, nothing to going on, you know? So that is what we call the title search report. We call title commitment. And then normally, you know, as a investor, you know, you spend a lot of money, you wanna know. I mean, the title commitment normally has schedule A and schedule B and Schedule C, and Schedule D. And Schedule A to tell you who is the indeed the owner who is allowed to sign the closing paper on the date of the closing. Believe or not, okay, we, we I mean, I would say 10% of all contract, the seller's name is not really the one who vesting on the Schedule A.
1: Hmm.
2: Mm. Mm. And then this is another title issue. I mean, since we're already done with title issue, top three issue, I don't want to bring more issue, you know, since you mentioned about that. But just so you know, so Schedule A normally will show, you know, the legal description of this property. And then what's the difference between mailing address and legal description? Mailing address is on the Christmas day. You know, someone write your Christmas card, they will mail it to your home, right? But the legal description is really different, cause it will really including missing and bonds, what lot and what reserve. You know, with all the detail. I mean, I mean with I mean compared to the mailing address. So this is huge difference. So schedule A, two most important thing you need to see, who is the real owner of this subject property. We, which is under the Vesting D section. And then also Schedule A, you have to see the legal description of the property. You need to see it must match with the warranty D. Because we don't go by the mailing address for the title company. Everything must be legal description. So this is Schedule A. You need to know for the commercial deal. And then as I say, we have A, B, C, and D. So let's go Schedule B. Normally, schedule B for me when I when I new in the title industry, I feel like I'm that is that is all the recording number from from the other planet because <laughs> schedule B is the most important thing actually for the commercial buyer to pay attention. Why? Because those recorded documents will be exception that will not covered. To the owner title policy that the title company will issue to the buyer. So those are what mm-hmm. we call the um, Schedule B, we call the exceptions. That means mm-hmm. we are not going to cover those, you know, recorded documents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys better really read because when we send out the title work, after that we will send you all the recorded document list on Schedule B and normally commercial deal is not unusual you will need to hire a maybe real estate attorney to really go over all those documents to making sure there is nothing in a gray zone gray because we don't like we like black we like white but you don't like to see gray zone because that will be a potential for a lawsuit for a dispute or for any kind of headache that's what i like to say no headache Headache, you know, I like to make it very simple. So, if on um, schedule B that is not going to be covered by the title insurance, do you think it's worth it to invest some of your time to really read all the recorded document title company sent to you and possibly forward it to your attorney to review? Oh, wow. yeah. absolutely, right? Yeah. So, let's yeah. use um, schedule B and schedule C. You will really see, such as George bringing up, if there is any mechanical lien, if there is any private lender law, if there is any lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So everything, this property related that requires seller to be clear, that will be all list on Schedule C of mm-hmm. the Title commitment. Yeah, so it could be as simple as link free, you know, and the the name is all good, but it could be as starting with a lot of mortgage here and there, credit card payment here and there, mechanical link here and there, you know. So, schedule C normally, you know, I mean. I mean, um, for the title company staff, you know normally we always like to pray, please just give me only one or two page schedule C, you know, because if more, that means pretty much we will we will need to disclose, and normally closing will not be able to be um um hosting or closing as schedule because they, they will have, they will require much more time for us to locate the right person to sign the release. And then once you sign, we also need to record it. After that, we need to have my underwriter to review and remove the condition. So that's let's Schedule D. And Schedule D is normally very light. It will just disclose the owner title policy fee, you know, all the fees, you know, for the title related fee. So that's, I mean, that is something. So it really can apply to different transactions. This is not necessary to commercial, you know, it could be for residential, it could be for commercial, it could be for refinance. And when you receive the title work, I strongly recommend, you know, you to really go over A, B, C, and D is just for the fee, you know, which later we will send a draft statement for you to really read again, but still. I mean title title work is very important, you know. I mean, and because pretty much all the title company will issue the title policy according to the title commitment.
1: Oh, that's that's very good information there. Lots of good nuggets. Um so, so Christine, if uh if if you were if you are a buyer and you get in a transaction with the seller and then in the middle of the transaction the seller decides not to sell it to you and then they go and they find another buyer that is paying a higher price. For you as a buyer, are you able to put some type of lien on their property so they won't be able to do that because they're under contract with you, or how, how does that work?
2: Okay, this okay. this okay again, this is a very simple question, but there were so many situations. So I'm going to use the most common one, okay? okay. So let's make it really simple. We receive the contract. The seller is Mr. Jimmy. The buyer is Mr. George, okay? Mm -hmm. And then so we all know step number one, you guys need to sign every initial each page and sign the last page and give it to the title company, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So under the signed contract, it clearly showed two dates. There are so many important dates, but regarding to your question, we only need to see two major dates. First one is the option period, right? And then, so that means if George is a buyer, normally George, you need to prepare two check. One is the option fee check. That will be mailed to the seller. So according to that, that means normally five or 10 days. And for the commercial, normally 90 days, you know, like 120 days is super common. For the feasibility period, so within those time, um, if George, if you decided to back up as a buyer, yes, you can, and then um, the seller will just receive the option fee, and then we will return the earnest money to you. And then so, regarding to the seller got a better offer, that's something we need to really see the contract. What is that C on the closing day? Because basically the contract already binded for the seller with buyer number one, you know, regarding to what day to what day, you know, is a feasibility period. So if if the um, buyer number one decided to work out, then the seller land can terminate the buyer number one contract to go to the buyer number two. And also we need to see under the closing day there is a special section. You know, under the paragraph to see if buyer, seller, agent, that's the reason why you need to also find a good realtor to protect you. If you are buyer's agent, you need to make sure, you know, write something exclusive additionally, override to prevent these things happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Everything can be preventable if you really spend extra, I would say five minutes to review. And then if you see any gray area, making sure right, there, um, right under the special modification to cover it up. Because, you know, I'm sure you guys are experienced realtor. When you're dealing with buyer's agent, seller's agent, buyer's seller, if you smell anything fishy, or if you feel like sensitivities, it won't hurt to in something before you guys, you know, sign and initial each page. Okay. But normally, similar, because again, it all depends on how contract draft, okay? But normally on the contract, similar is not going to be able to just walk out like that. Mm-hmm. Normally. Mm-hmm. It, it. depends on yeah. how, the, um, how the contract drafts. So mm-hmm. I cannot really tell you, I would say in detail, because you have to really give me the contract. You know, title company, we are really dealing with different situation because contract can be as simple as a regulated by tar or track. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are using that. But commercial deal, oh, no, 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 no. They will hire a real estate attorney to drop the contract. Like I I, I just received another new one, which I never seen a contract can be dropped like that. So it really depends on what the contract says and title company will really need to read through every line when we sell an email, like maybe buyer's, buyers agent will say, hey, Christine, what to do, do? The seller just tell me they want to terminate me because they find a better offer. For me, I have to read the contract, you know, before I formally reply to all parties. I'm not going to just disclose to one party because remember, title company, we are regulated by the taxes, of uh, tax Texas Department of Insurance, we should be the third party intermediary. So,
1: got it.
2: Yeah. it's yeah. not easy. Yeah. We yeah. trying to yeah. making sure we stay out and then but just disclose the fact and always copy everybody, not just in favor of buyer or in favor of seller or lender or
1: anybody else. Got it, George. You got a next one. You wanna ask? Yeah.
0: So, uh, I mean, for me, I think uh, if I'm a new real estate agent or somebody who just moved to Texas, uh, I want to work with a title company. You know, I want to bring their, my transaction to them and get to know them. Uh, what kind of questions should I ask if I can tell a good title company from a from a who who doesn't know what they're doing? Because I think it makes it. Like, from what i learned, you know, it makes a big difference, right? Working with the right title company can make a transaction go smooth or make a ton of trouble and delay. So what should the real estate agent ask uh, when they talk to a title company to find out, you know, whether it's a title company or somebody you actually work in the long term? Is there any basic questions? They should, like, just, like two or three questions to say, hey, you know, what do you guys do? This is, this is, this is what I'm looking for, and, uh, you know, See
2: the right man. I see. Well, that's a very good question. You know, um, I would say most of the title company, just because you know how, The I, I would say it depends on what point of view when you ask, what are the good title companies? Because sometimes when you're representing your client, if they are really Nico and Penny, they want the title company to disclose all the fees first. Depend, you know, I mean, they don't even care if that's a good or bad title company mm-hmm. or that's just... No, how much am i paying from my pocket
1: yeah,
2: yeah exactly so i would say you know always you know when you reach out let's say if you are brand new you just you know reach out to a random title company always check on that how um how professional they could possibly be like say hey you know i have a deal you know i'm i'm i i, I just i'm just throwing like a random thing you know just like you know maybe it could be as simple as a phone call just say hey i just got a listing and then so i want to know a draft you know the closing cost will you be able to help me just like a simple question like that because you know normally i would say a good um professional title company, they will respond such as, oh, well, congratulations, you know, I'm very happy for you. And absolutely, I will be happy to draft a settlement statement for you to review. But I would need to know on the top of your head, do you know that this, this property has homeowner association? You know how if the title company will start interact with you. That means they have more common sense. They really trying to serve you. And then they really trying to give you, because, because normally, you know, when you give us a call and then when you are shopping around, we, we are normally very proud because we will disclose our fee to let you know because we are very, very compatible. And also, we will always ask, we, for example, if you throw me one question, normally any of our staff, you can try to call a rent or maybe next time I can hire you to shop my staff, you know? And then so normally they will, they will ask you, you know, so, so may I know if the seller is married or the seller is single or does this property has a association? And then or, you know, do you on the top of your head, do you have a survey, you know, for the property or on the top of your head, do you know the seller has mortgage or this is a lien free? Because if you can have this, I mean, if the title company, you know, when you throw one question after they answer you, they can actually Professionally lead you to getting more involved. Normally, that is normally a good start for a title company. But if you make a sharp call, they would just say, "Oh sure." So what's your phone number? Oh, you know, we're really easy. Oh well, you know, wait, what is your number again? You know, if you have that kind of vibe, maybe that is you know that that might be that might be a hint. You know, um, you want her to just make a second phone call to buy a different
1: title company.
2: <laughs> we start with. You know, is that how you feel, right? You can make difference, right? And then, and then because because I would say initial phone call is quite essential. And then those are normally very true. You know, when you when you shop around, do you think that's a they there is a potential for you to work with this title company, or you are gonna? Oh my gosh, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's really good, and 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 it leads me to my other question, Christine. because I think that some fees are, are mandated by the states, and so you can't really change it, right? Uh, or or some type of government entities where you can't change it. And then uh, so I wanted to ask you which of the fees are mandated by by government? Which fee is mandated by like Fidelity Corporate? And then which fee does does your firm get to control? You know, so how does how does the three you know types of support?
2: I see. All right. Okay. So, you know, doesn't matter which title company you use in the state of Texas. Um, the mandate fee will be the title insurance, it depends on the sales price. And then they, I mean, so the mandate fee will be um statewide, that will be the owner title policy, lender's title policy, and with all lenders endorsement. Those are super black and white, doesn't matter which title company you go, you know, and then some. Um, and then, and then also the recording fee, because normally is you know uh, we don't charge uh, we don't charge any. We really count how many page of the warranty deed, you know, or how many page of the deed of trust, or sometimes if that's an investment property as uh, a as assignment of lease and rent, and we really count how many page of the recording fee, and we really charge you exactly how many page of the recording fee. At least this is under the fidelity umbrella. So we will not add additional hidden fee. Oh, just because I'm counting page. So that is like 20 seconds of my labor. So I would just go ahead to add an additional $25. No, mm-hmm. we don't do that, you know. And then what are the fees title company has control? Not really has control. is the escrow fee. So, you know, normally when you shop around, you can say, how much do you charge for the escrow? You know, so you will be able to have the idea like it could be, I mean, for the commercial deal, I know even fidelity title in different locations, we charge differently because this is something my fee attorney office can make a decision. And then she decided to um, give a very reasonable rate, you know, to being very compatible. So um, the escrow fee, the copy fee. You know, or like since we have fee attorney here, we need to prepare the release of lien, some like simple legal document. So those fee, you know, um, is from the house. But the day one will be all the policies, like owner title policy, lender title policy, and endorsement, and with all the recording fee. And then so seriously, I mean, when you really look at the settlement statement and then. You know, if that's a cash deal, it's very simple, you know, it you will be able to see all the fees disclosed right there. Mm-hmm. And then what are the mandates and what are the title company, you know, has a run to play.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. George, you got another one?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, this one is kind of rela- related to the kind of the, you know, commercial deals, um, but we have some, uh, you know, agents work with wholesalers. Um, you know, if the, for a wholesaler coming to you, who who have a contract uh, to purchase to purchase a property, and then they turn around and sell it right away, um, do they have? Is that called double closing uh, in your mm-hmm. book? And uh, how does that work in terms of the title process? Is that that do two closings and pay two title fees, um, mm-hmm. and then can they just do one closing? And how does that? Is that how you normally do those transactions?
2: I see. Well, you know, this, again, this is a situation question because it depends on the contract and depend on how early the wholesaler got the property. Was that property already been vested under the wholesaler name? Or oh, the wholesaler is in the middle of getting the property, but simultaneously they got the buyer number two because they are buyer number one, right? Mm-hmm. They buyer number two. So, this topic I would say on the next, you know, on the next, you know, training section or on the next educating, you know, <laughs> reason, I mean I will have someone like the expert to really share. Because mm. I mean this is just too many different kinds of situations. Yeah. So yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. hard to really just using my um my experience to tell you because this is just the entire different chapter of the title business on the side. And then I mean this is definitely a very hard topic, but um, yeah, it's you, you, gonna take a very long time. So
0: oh, it is. Yes. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Jimmy.
1: Yeah. So I guess uh, uh, last technical question: um, if if you uh, if you if you expect to refinance within a few months of buying a house. Um, you have to pay for title again, or, you know, how, how can you work it if, if you already know that you're going to refinance pretty shortly after you close?
2: I see. Well, that's a very good question. This is, this is actually quite blogging why actually I have my refinance expert. You know, I mean, give me this because sometimes I forgot. So I need to see the numbers. Okay, so um, in the state of Texas, I keep mentioning because title company in different the state, they practice totally differently. Okay, that's the reason why I like to say in the state of Texas, if you're doing refinance from zero months to four year, you can get 50 points. The, the, the I mean, that means the deduction to the basic premium, you can get 50% off. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so zero months to four years. And then starting five years to eight year, you get 25% discount of the basic premium.
1: Okay. It's, so, yeah. so Christine, whenever you go to a, a title company to refi, do title companies typically tell you that? Or do they naturally do it because they know you already have a policy? Or or you got to tell them hey remember to give me my discount or oh you don't
2: that. no you don't need to mention why oh. because we are the title company we know what you are doing oh, title related. Yeah. title related okay yeah. so we will be able to put out the warranty deed we will yeah. know what day what time this deed has been recorded so very simple that is the fact for us to determine for example, if you just purchase a new home and the D is recording to um, let's say July 4th you know 2016 and today right now refinance rate is crazy good right so after you do the calculation you decided to move forward um, we will be able to tell you you know how much discount you will be receiving by, by, by referencing your recorded deed.
1: Got it. And, and so and so. If, if you pay off your main loan and then after that put a HELOC, is that considered refinancing? And do you need a new policy at 50% off on that or, or no? Is that You
2: know what, here, just so you know, think about it, okay? Because right now I understand you're trying to see from the borrower's point of view, how can a borrower save more money? Right? How can I pay less? But you need to understand, doesn't matter um, doesn't matter? when did you do refinance. That is a new loan. That's a new bank. Doesn't matter which lender you go. From lender's point of view, in order for a new lender that the borrower borrow money, they need protection. Right. So if the lender is demanded, you know, it's mandatory. Whatever you do refinance, that means you need to borrow money from the financial industry or from the, you know, bank. Mm-hmm. You know, normally you mm-hmm. do that. so in order for bank that you borrow money as a borrower, yes, you need to pay for the um lender's policy because the the bank is not going to just borrow another quarter million for you without any coverage.
1: Got it. So, Got it. so
2: you have to see from different point of view, yeah. right? So yeah. you'll make
1: Hands, yeah, know, exactly. to, okay. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. We have a uh, a few uh, rapid fire questions that uh, George will uh, uh, ask you. It's A little bit more? fun questions to get, to get to get to know a little bit about you. Go ahead, George.
0: Okay. All right. You ready? These are fun questions. So, uh, what's your uh, favorite favorite Houston restaurants?
2: Oh, well, you know, if you come to Texas, you have to Tex Max or te- Steak, right? So for me, I like ta- Papa's Brother Steakhouse just because those are one of the three, you know, local restaurants and they are now being the international trend. You know, they're starting from Houston. And then their service, so yeah, I like meat and wine. So I think they are best friends, you know, whatever they, they all make together. Oh. Yeah.
1: What, what's, uh, your, what's your favorite uh, travel destination?
2: Oh, well, I like to do outdoor horseback riding and I used oh, to my. live in Aspen, Colorado. I, I mean, just because right now we are not allowed flying, I have to pick Colorado. You know, I like Aspen a lot, especially. Oh,
0: no, no, yeah. 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 I
2: like all the natural. I like mountain bike and um, hiking and horseback riding. That's really my thing.
0: Oh, great. I don't think horses like me. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A, uh, I think I'm always afraid to get thrown off the horse or something. But that's something I gotta try. Get off my fears. Oh yeah,
2: you need to. Um, it's fun.
0: Yeah. So our third question: What what's your hobby outside of work? Is drinking a habit? Ah, oh, no, I'm just
2: kidding. <laughs> well, you know here. Right. Actually, can
0: you see? Yeah. I oh, oh there, there you go. Oh. Mom
2: twenty nineteen. So I think I'm building a new habit. I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to do my best, you know, to 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 learn about, you know, how 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 can I be a mom and how can I protect my baby on the current situation. So I would say that's my new habit. So forget about party, clubbing, drinking, that's before twenty nineteen. I think right now I is there just so much to learn, you know? So I'm overwhelming. So if there's anything, well, I don't count on you guys. You guys have no hope. But
1: yeah. <laughs> how um, how old is your baby now, Christine? A few months, right?
2: Uh, she, she just turned seven months. Oh, oh she turned
1: seven months. Oh, congratulations. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: thank you so much. So my new habit I need how to protect my baby on the current
1: situation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. For sure, yeah. What, what's your favorite uh, Netflix show or movie?
2: Oh, my gosh. I mean, there are so many good ones, oh, you really? know? Yeah, I mean, because I used to like those really serious ones, House of Car. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It's like brutal, true, and then, like, you, you have to really play detective who is the, can I? can I say? Uh, that's okay. Who is the ugly person or who is the good one, you know? I, I don't <laughs> I used to really like even like I'm having my wine. I still want my brain exercise, so <laughs> that is something I, I enjoy But now my new Netflix, I think it could be Snow White
1: oh, or hi. it could be
2: oh. it could be Disney. I don't know. We will see. Yeah, I know we'll there are
1: we'll some. Well, thanks, Phil, for, uh, for uh, being here and sharing a lot of good information. If uh, if the viewers want to reach you or talk to you or get in hold of your title uh, company, can you let us know how to how to find you? And we'll make sure we also uh, put the text below.
2: Oh well, thank you so much. You know, uh, we are located um, in Chinatown, up on American First National Bank, and our phone number is quite easy. Hope are you ready? Yeah, <laughs> that will be yeah. seven one three. 779-7779. Seven, 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 so um, give us a call. And then if there is any title need, we will be more than happy to assist you. And then don't be shy, you know. I mean, it could, I mean, it could be a phone call, you know. And then we can just start building the connection. Because for us, you know, because or attorney Dong, which is my boss, um, she has come from a very long way and then she always educate us. you know if there's anything we can try to share with someone and then just trying to be an open- mind and then continuing sharing. No problem with us at all. And then so feel free to give us a call and our email will be closing at fidelityapa.com. That will be C-L-O-S-I-N-G at Fidelity, F-I-D-E-L-I-T-Y. After Fidelity, number eight, number eight. So fidelityata.com. Because you can tell English is my second language. I am um, from Taiwan. 8A is like making a lot of money. so. A lot of Chinese love it, number eight. So um so fidelity88.com closing at fidelity88.com
1: awesome well thanks so much christine and um look forward to catching you next time but i appreciate it and i think that it was a very fun and educational uh today well so thank much,
2: you christine. and very nice to connect with you george thank you
1: yeah we, we gotta do it again all right okay bye-bye